This is a Culture Inject production. Welcome back to Dollhouse Awaken, a Patreon exclusive presented by the Nevers Podcast and made possible by the generous support of our Patreon friends, Precious, Heather and Berja. I'm one of your hosts, Tyg, and joining me today is Heather. Yes, and I'm Patreon Heather, so isn't that nice? It's kind of like Inception, huh? Pate- Patreception? Pate- no. Pateception? I don't know. Dollhouse Awaken is where we discuss Joss Whedon's underappreciated masterpiece, Dollhouse. Ty, Kelly, and myself has seen the series, but Gina hasn't. Um, but Gina couldn't make it today, so we have a big sad. Um, she's been asleep, she fell asleep, so this will <laughs> this will be her first time watching the series in its, in its entirety. For the synopsis, A Spy in the House of Love, it aired April tenth, two thousand nine. Uh, the working title of uh, this piece was for engagements, which becomes clear once you get into it. Um, and when it, the storyline is when a traitor is dis- discovered inside the dollhouse, Echo and Sierra are programmed as spy hunters to uncover the culprit. Meanwhile, Ballard receives surprising news from Melly, and Adele harbors a secret. Dirty secrets. The cast and crew for this episode is relatively... Familiar, you'll know all these names. Eliza Dushku is Echo, Harry Lennox as Boyd Langton, Fran Kranz as Topher Brink, friend of the podcast, Tamo Peniget as Paul Ballard, Enver Jokai as Victor, Deachin Lackman as Sierra, Olivia Wilmans as Adele DeWitt, Reed Diamond as Lawrence Dominic, and Miracle Laurie as Melly November. We have a few guest stars this week. Valerie Cruz as Selena Ramirez. Liza Lapira as Ivy. Love her. Timmy Cho as Nicodin. Sorry if I got either of those wrong. The episode was written by Andrew Chambliss. Again, sorry if I got that wrong. And directed by David Solomon, which I'm pretty sure I got right. Um, go ahead, Ty. This is, I, I gave you this one because it's about British slang, so I'm interested to see if you agree. I was quite glad you gave me this one because <laughs> I, did, I did really like this little thing. We have a few interesting kind of tidbits and continuity behind the scenes things. Uh, Victor's persona for the Miss Lonely Heart engagement is Roger. As a verb, to Roger in British slang is roughly equivalent as the American to hump in a sexual sense. A dog may roger one's leg. Given that Victor's actual client is very British, the persona's name may be something of an in-joke. Speaking as the resident Brit (laughs) in the podcast, that was literally the first thing I thought when I heard his name. So I have to assume that was a joke. I mean, he's Roger that rogers. It writes itself. (laughs) So funny. When Miss Saito is entering the NSA building, the information displayed on the security screen when her stolen ID card is swiped lists her name as A. Saito. The nameplate on her office um, on a scene later says Sato, matching the credits above. 
According to Eliza Dushku, on the day she wore her dominatrix outfit, she hired a coffee truck for the cast and crew and told them they could choose between free coffee or her whip. Eliza, as the dominatrix, received huge publicity and the clip was used extensively in advertisements for the show. This scene alone is often credited with earning the dollhouse its second season. That is so sad. You have to wonder, yeah, what show they thought they were making if just seeing that scene like oh that's what the show is about right well you remember me to- we when we did the last show and we talked well actually were you on that one or was it just me and kelly and uh gina where we talked about the lace thigh highs no i was i wasn't on that episode but i i, I did listen to it and i meant to say i think that was kind of the point it was such a stereotypical kind of sexy co-ed outfit i have to assume that was just kind of not maybe making a joke but i have to assume his intent was to be as stereotypical as possible so that the moment you see her you know ah yep that guy she's going to meet is clearly a perv we all know exactly who that teacher is because that's why she's dressed like that yeah and the dominatrix thing i mean i'm i'm glad it got a second season for the dominatrix outfit outfit if that's what mm. it is but it's just so over the top but yeah. it, it, i mean that's my inner feminist coming out i'm just like really um <laughs> but clearly eliza was having a ball in that outfit so yeah, i mean you know if she wants to dress like that then i don't have a problem with it you know be who you are i mean when uh, uh ramirez and lonely hearts are walking out and she she whips her on the way out <laughs> too funny sometimes it is about the pain Yes, I love that line. I I thought that I as I said earlier before we started recording, I thought this was one of the episodes that I thought was weak, and turns out it is isn't. I actually find, um, except for a couple of places, I find it really compelling. Um, I find it surprising. I find the dialogue, especially between um, our characters, there's a number of there's two or three tete-a-tetes in here that are fantastic mm. it's so just razor sharp and emotional and i think the ending was really interesting i think it kind of is i i, I don't really rem- i don't really remember this episode like i i remember this was an episode and i remember the title but i couldn't remember what had happened mm-hmm. in this episode same. and now same. I, I don't really know why because there's so many huge things happen this episode and there's like there's so many amazing like the uh the scene quite early on between Saunders and uh, Langton Boyd yeah. is like it's just it's so brilliant. It's seeing two, like two of the real strongest actors in the series, like the strongest solo character actors in the series, just like clearly having a ball and just like loving the characters they are. It's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think, um, I think when that happens after, because we've already covered the, the. Um, the dominatrix part and mm. um dominic has been put in charge by adele and then that whole thing with boyd and boyd and adele or uh, boyd, boyd and saunders goes down and you know he wants to he wants to make sure echo's okay he's checking on her really hard and you know it's all about her privacy to dr saunders and and then they have the whole discussion about you know pimping the dolls out if it were 
And, you know, that she argues they're offering a valuable service to people that are repressed. And she says, having a desire you were afraid or ashamed of uh, expressing can be terribly debilitating. Look at how many of same-sex engagements we are we are called for even today. Now, this show is more than 10 years old. So, mm. I mean, I really think, again, this this type of observation was really ahead of its time. I think we were in... We were in the throes of um, of uh, gay rights really coming to a head, at least here in America. And so, I mean, I think, you know, touching on that subject was super timely and remains timely. I mean, it's, he just has a habit of kind of writing stuff that it's kind of it's about timeless struggles, like being, you know, being who you are and being with who you want to be with. Sadly, somehow that's still an issue for some people to such an extent that they have to go behind closed doors. And, like, again, I, I love that whole... It's just the whole kind of soliloquy about that and, you know, dog designs and everything. And it's just... It's such a beautiful speech because, you know, it, it's still just as true now as it ever was. And, you know, it, like, she delivers it so perfectly. You can feel her emotion in there. And, like, at this, by this point, we have a fairly low opinion of the dollhouse. Like, we've seen the bad things they do. And, you know, we saw a French, French uh, lady last week. Right. In the sort of the French cabaret. Outfit. I mean, and we, yeah. yes, cabaret. I can think of the word cabaret there. Thank you. We saw Tango in her cabaret outfit last week. Then this week we have, you know, we've you literally just come off the scene with the dominatrix. And, and, I, it, and it, Saunders goes as far to say that dolls are never submissives. They're never put in positions with this type of, you know, with the S&M thing, I guess, that they're in the position to be hurt. So, you know, and of course, Boyd scoffs at it and's like, well, that sounds like, you know, corporate babble, company line Party stuff. Line. So, um, yeah, I, I, there's a, I want to talk about it later, but there's a point when it, they've imprinted Echo later as the agent and she's questioning Saunders. And I'm like, why, why did none of us catch this? Right. <laughs> Yeah, I'm pretty sure I know exactly what you mean. <laughs> we got a bit sort of like we, we, we between the things that have just happened, kind of in the previous, we've got quite a low opinion of the dollhouse, and we're seeing Paul freaking out, and like this is how far it goes. Like we, we generally have quite a bad opinion right now, and then hearing Saunders, it's like she, she's got a point. While it is a fairly grubby establishment, like there's some people who that is their only recourse. They have no other way to be who they are and be with the people they want to be with. So it's like, I mean, what they're doing is technically wrong, I suppose. But to a lot of people, it's like a lifeline. So it's like, it's good. I think it's quite good to have that balance in the story. Like, yes, they are, you know, it is a murder brothel. <laughs> I suppose they are helping some people. Like, maybe, I mean... We we it's a tightrope for you know people talk about how they you know everyone says how they volunteer and you know you hope they know what they're they're told and what they're getting into and what they get when they walk free. Um, but what, one of the questions that came into my mind during this, especially with Miss Lonely Hearts and Roger, um, was can, can a doll hold a long term imprint? Is that possible or would it just fall apart? 
And does anyone ever really get out? The attic sure is discussed a lot with these dolls. Mm. Like, is is the is the five years and you walk really just crap? And and all of them end up in the attic. At this point in the show, you don't know. Later, you you see what's going on, but even then, it's like I I do have to wonder between kind of attic worthy trespasses gunplay on the events you know possible diseases people lying like we saw on the second episode like they say it's five years and you're done how many people actually like live through that five what is the percentage of for lack of a better word successful graduates of the dollhouse yeah i'd I'd be willing to bet it's around kind of 70 percent maybe i mean Dominic was, you know, and now, you know, from this episode, we know he's clearly worried about uh, Echo's evolution, but he he was willing to attic her or anybody else for that matter for the slightest thing, for the slightest thing. And he was there for three years. They talk about how long he was at the dollhouse. So, but at any rate, Topher finds a little memory chip that can override um, or modify the imprints on the dolls and tells Boyd in a roundabout way, because he thinks Boyd's the spy, that they have a spy. Uh, Adele is gone. And- I absolutely love that whole scene with Boyd and Topher. <laughs> it was telling me this just, <laughs> yeah, like absolute peak Topher. Right. Absolute peak Boyd. He's like kind of bemused, but he's like, okay, it's, it's very nice of you. Right. Why are you telling me this? Right. Just right. perfect. Um, so he, he, Thinking Boyd is the the spy, he gives him a a, some, a reason to opt out. Which of course Boyd is like, it's not me. I don't. What are you talking about? Um, and so Dominic gets told he flips, and they imprint Sierra with their um, their best secret agent parts, as they put it. And <laughs> so then Sierra, you know, puts on her best, uh, you know, f me pumps and a and a. And a wig and, you know, goes to town, goes to the NSA, of all places, mm. to go get uh, get the files out on whoever the, the mole is. So, yeah, for all our kind of non-American listeners, which is probably just me, oh, yeah. what exactly does the NSA do and what is their part of kind of... Their, their name comes up in a lot of spy shows, but I'm not 100% sure what they actually do. So... In America, we have um, we have a number of what they call intelligence agencies, um, and it's all called the IC, the IC community, intelligence community, um, and the NSA. There's the CIA, which has been around since it was the OSS since World War II, I think. Like Julia Child used to be in the OSS. Uh, I'm not kidding. <laughs> I didn't know. That's amazing. I'm gonna. How has there not been a movie made of that? Uh, yeah. Well, they mention it in Julia and Julia that she was at the OSS, but it's it, it was only briefly touched on. And I don't think she was an actual field agent. I think she just worked there. Um, but the CIA, um, as threat, asymmetrical threats grew, the CIA gave rise to some other agencies, the NSE being one of them, which is the National Security Agency, which tends to be at lead more forward on... Um, terrorism stuff and and stuff like that uh, so but uh, and you also have the fbi and even to me it's not clear whose territory is what fbi tends to be internal nsa can be both cia can be both um they apparently have some pretty cool tech but can be fooled by someone that looks vaguely like the person <laughs> like 
<laughs> I don't understand how that security goal. Okay, this is Sato slash Saito that we're meant to be meeting. That's clearly not her, just a person in a similar wig. Sure, you can go through. I like I like the little uh the little folder like laminated thing that's clear that has digital printing on it like yeah that was so cool i want one yeah but that's not cost effective (laughs) (laughs) what if it's reusable like a little mini like a foldable ipad i would absolutely have a foldable ipad put your seventh grade report in um so she goes in gets what she you know after a big fight she gets extracted meanwhile echo has decided to wander up to uh Topher and ask him to imprint her, which I, you know, if I was Topher, I'd be like, I don't think that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there's, that's, that's red flags right there. Like, are you even supposed to know about the imprinting? Is that a thing you're supposed to talk about? Have we not got some mental block on that so you can't be like, yo, give me superpowers? But she just walked in and did it, and he was like, okay. Well, and the other part of it is, you know, they spend all this time having small talk in front of the dolls about the dolls, like the dolls aren't there. And I'm just kind of like, sooner or later, they're going to start picking up on it. They know they've had problems with Echo remembering stuff and going off mission and blah, blah, blah. But they're still like, blah, 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 dollhouse inside information in front of all the dolls. And I'm like, I don't think that's a good idea. Uh, so he, so he, so what do you think of him imprinting? echo while sierra's still out in the field like what's your what's your thoughts on how she he, she was running her op i i thought i really loved the conversations she was having with all the different kind of staff members so i i was that a was far so bigger good. fan of that than i was of the kind of cheap mission impossible knockoff that deacon was doing that was like my suspension of disbelief was strained to absolute breaking point by that meanwhile the sort of um was that, was that Lie to Me? That show where about the guy that's really good at reading body language? Kind of that's going on in the dollhouse. I was like, yes, more of this, please. And so that interview with her and Topher was so... I know, I'm pretty sure I said that, but Topher was on fire this week. Oh, yeah, this, this is a great episode for him. And what it reminded me of, this is another device that Joss likes to use. It's a really funny device is just sitting people down and switching through their conversations while they're talking to somebody yes. interviewing them. Um, yeah. So it, it it was it really Boyd's part was so funny. He just has this sort of real deadpan, dry humor sometimes that's so unexpected, but just always gets me right, like right on the funny bone. But yeah, like that. And um, I like that we got a little bit more of Ivy this week. Who's a very underutilized character. I love Ivy. And I hate how Topher treats her. Like, it drives me crazy how yeah. Topher treats her. Like, it's super problematic. Well, I think it, it's it's quite good in that respect because it does show that, you know, he is this super genius. He's really funny and he's kind of this lovable goof. But he he clearly has some issues that he needs. Like, he, he, would, he should be called up to... Uh, HR for a lot of the stuff that he does. Nothing more so than the way he treats Liza. Um, Ivy. I I go back and forth with Eliza. I love Eliza. She's one of the most beautiful beautiful women on the planet. She got this role. The roles she played in this one are are great. And I'm impressed with her acting. Mm. Not so much with Caroline. Like, I don't don't feel her presence in Caroline. But she was really good as this, um, I guess, FBI agent or, or, you know, 
specialist into body language and tells and stuff like that. I, so it was easier for me to watch her. And and, I, and like I said earlier, clearly she loved being the dominatrix. So and I think when she feels her role, she's there. You know what I mean? Uh, but yeah, like um, that the whole kind of the whole body language reading interviews uh, montage was fantastic. And it, I, yeah, I hadn't thought of it until he realized it, but Joss does love that kind of pieced together interview thing. And the thing is, like, much like all of his little tips and tricks that he likes to throw at people. It's a great device. So I understand why he sort of keeps going back to that well. But just the kind of the the final scene where she reveals the traitor. Right. She oh. absolutely nailed that. Right. She's like the, kind of the, the Sherlock Holmes moment. You can go off and he's like, oh, there's a bit of body reading, a bit of, you know, a bit of psychology. And I throw a bit of Sherlock Holmes in there. You can really see that in that final moment. Oh, it's, yeah. It was absolute Holmes. So while this is going on, they have imprinted Melly and, and, and they jump on the timeline. We haven't mentioned that yet. They jump around in the timeline and it's almost, um, it's not Ran, if you've ever watched Kurosawa, where they do it, they, you know, Ran is an incident from seven people, seven different people's perspective. Uh, That's Rashomon. Oh, Rashomon, sorry. Um, Ran is the King Lear one. Got it. But this this jumps, it goes through each of the target, or uh, each of the doll's engagements and then jumps back to start at the next one so that while all of this stuff is going on at the same time, you're all roughly in the same place on the timeline from four different views, right? You've got, you've got uh, Victor as Roger on his, his engagement, Sierra in the NSA, you've got Echo uh, interrogating people within the dollhouse, and you've got Melly, who has been, who we're about to talk about, who has been sent yes. to go pick back up on Paul. This scene, my stomach almost fell out of my body when she switched. Mm. She goes, <sighs> she goes in. She does. She's you know, hundred percent Melly, um, and starts trying <laughs> to help him and take a shower. And they get into the bedroom, and November turns on. And I have never been <sighs> so shocked in my life. I did not expect that to happen right then. Yeah. And Tamo is so good. Like you can just <sighs> see him fall apart and come back together again like holy crap you know the rabbit hole is deep it's a three-act play in one freaking scene it's amazing and before that you know you're really feeling you know melly's a doll and you feel bad for her because of how crazy paul looks like you know (laughs) he he knows he looks bananas yeah and now i and it's all blown away by her reveal like i thought i found her reveal more shocking Uh, it wasn't as shocking as her being the sleeper in man on the street but it was more shocking than caroline revealing to ballard like this one i never i never expected her to just go hard like that i thought they were going to keep her cards uh, and they were like obviously this is the spy that had programmed her to speak to paul which means we now go back going back to uh man on the streets we were discussing at the time whether we thought carolyn breaking and being like I'm, I'm from inside the doll's house. I'm a spy. Uh, I remember when we were talking about that episode, we were debating whether or not that was a legitimate spy or just someone trying to, or just the dollhouse trying to mess with Paul. Obviously, we now know. It's, it's a few episodes later. Right. We can talk about it now. That was a legitimate kind of break-in. To the point that she's even repeating lines that Caroline said, mm. or, uh, or Echo said, like, you know, 
you know, pleasure is our business, but it's not our purpose. And this body is not imprinted with information that you don't need and, or you can't have. And, and, and the end when he, when she, you can tell she's coming to the end of her spiel and Paul's like, who are you? And she's like, you know, you can't tell her, you cannot tell Melly. The only reason she exists is because of you. And, and I'm just like, holy, like, can you imagine being yeah, called? Yeah, that was a like, brutal line. It's, it is. It's so brutal and heartbreaking. And, and <sighs> but I'd forgotten that was in this episode. Like, I, I, I knew that, that I knew there was a reveal moment, but I'd forgotten it was this episode. So I was just watching that scene, and I was like, oh, like, you think you're being, but she's just done. like, oh, shit, she just said it. <laughs> what the hell? Like, it, it properly hits you, even though we know it's going to happen. We know it has to happen eventually. But just the way they drop it is just, ah, oh, so good. Uh, and then I've got, I've got to say, like, hands up to Tamo, he was brilliant in that scene. Like, uh, even when he's work. not talking, just through his expressions, you can you can see everything Paul's feeling, and it hurts they, to see it. They both were just ricocheting off each other. The timing, the the dialogue, just good, just so good. I don't know why Miracle Lori doesn't work more. She's amazing. I know, like she She's, has literally everything she needs she to be a freaking star. Is amazing, and the and the chops she shows between her and November, and I don't remember the name of her actual character um, from um, Needs, but the way she switches up between those roles, like mm. she, just amazing masterclass. All right, so on to Miss Lonely Hearts. So we see Roger uh, the dog. we see Roger getting dropped off, and he <laughs> brings the roses to uh, the Golden Girl, right? And we're like, "What is going on yeah. here?" And he gives her the roses, and out through the back door he goes. And where does he go, Ty? He goes. <laughs> he, he goes. Do it. Yeah, he sneaks away in his fancy car. I don't remember what car that is, but I, I seem to recall it's a super, super rare fancy. It's like, it's like a Ferrari, right? I think it's a Ferrari. No, I, 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 I was watching this car show, world and I think it's, I can't remember the name, but it's like, it's a super, super rare. There's only about 10 of them made in the world. So it's rarer than a Ferrari, huh? Way rarer, yeah. But yeah, it just, the moment I saw that, I was like, wait a minute. Who would have the kind of money to just have that sitting in their, like, in their fake house and he gets up to the building he walks in miss lonely hearts where are you boom out walks adele and it's like suddenly everything you've thought just goes out the window now obviously i you know because we've watched this before i knew that was coming but it's still you know the ruse and the and the 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 ball she has to do that and then then you think about she's breaking every speaking of HR, she's breaking every rule <laughs> yeah. there is, right? Yeah. Like putting her position, it kind of addresses almost, you know, sexual harassment or sexual misconduct on the job because that's clearly what this Absolutely. is. Absolutely. Right? It's it's a that's thing like it's 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 a brilliant scene. It's played really well and it's like um it's a really great episode for Adele. Like, he thinks the most screen time she's had in ages. Like, really great arc. You see her more human side. You see her kind of laying off. You see her as something other than this, like, untouchable robot boss. But at the same time, you have to think, like, that is a gross misuse of power. Like, that's borderline the same as what the handler was doing with Sierra. She just took more steps. 
Well, and has been doing it longer. Well, and she was she wasn't she wasn't having sex with an unimprinted doll. So technically, technically, whatever imprint Victor had was you know was um, compliant. Not compliant. That's not the word I'm looking for. It was consensual. But is it really? I mean, is it really? I don't know. That's it's questionable, especially since she. I mean, she. Yeah, like she programs the character for him, and she she made like yeah, he consented, but he only consented because she programmed him to consent. Yeah. So they. So then they have this silly fencing match where none of them they're not wearing (laughs) protection. I mean, it's kind of a kick-ass scene, but I keep worrying one of them's gonna get their eyes poked out. But I did say when I was watching that, I was like, it would be period appropriate. I really hope we get to see her do some fencing in the nevers. <sighs> like, I mean, it'd be quite cool if she's just this like badass matriarch that runs the orphanage and someone breaks in and she just skewers them. I love Olivia Williams and her in the role of Adele is one of my favorite things about this show. She's so yeah. cold and put together. And the great thing about this episode is you see her... Uh, you see her more vulnerable side and mm. you see while she's having this conversations as Victor is Roger, it's so meta after they have the fencing match. And then of course they're in bed and they're talking about running away together. This is why I bring up, can a, can a doll hold an imprint, right? Because it's probably literally impossible that they can't. There's mm. no, the reality of them running away is he's not a person. He, he, he's an illusion and he doesn't know it, which is really bad. <laughs> Oh, um, side question from the fencing match. Who had bigger guns, Victor or, or Adele? Like, Adele was cut, man. She was, yeah. She's <laughs> like, it's, it's clearly not the first time she's held a sword. She she knew what she was doing. She was clearly like, there may, there may not be an HR department at the dollhouse. There's definitely a gym. <laughs> she was swole. So it, after they have this conversation and they're having a good time and they're, you know, have, working it out in the sack. Um, then, of course, Adele becomes melancholy and r- realizing her position and how she can be happy right now, but it's really just a ruse. And it's it's really, it's a little stifling, I felt like, for her because then she just completely, like, hysterically falls apart, right? Like, it's not just sobbing like, oh, poor me. It's like crying jag. Like, this is coming out of me at this velocity and i can't stop it this show is just so like there's there's nothing simple about this show everything is so freaking layered like you're watching that scene and you're like oh yeah it's so sad because she's crying it's like way in the whole scene i'm like you, do you feel sorry for her should you feel sorry for her it's like it's, but like she, she you feel so much for her even though she is sort of doing the wrong thing and she's crying because she knows she has to sort of give all this up it's like does she have real feelings for victor does she have it for roger of course she does she built him of course she does he is i guarantee you the reminiscence maybe with some some modifications of someone she used to love i'm absolutely sure of it um do you also think there's a a real roger somewhere in the past yeah not a you know not, not him exactly but enough like him that that it's it's what even one step creepier if you will and i think we as humans we've all had these um these unrequited loves that you know will never <laughs> for whatever reason will never happen 
or did happen. Damn you, Amber or, Reva. Or, <laughs> or did happen and you, you effed it up. You know what I That's mean? That's so much worse. Um, yeah. and, and, and I don't know what's going on here, but clearly, clearly, clearly this guy was built uh, not as just a profile of someone that she would like, not like a dating, but someone she either used to know or couldn't have or something like that. And I think, I think when she does fall apart, it is as much for her untenable situation at her job and the fact that he's not real, but that he's the one that got away. And she has to, or she couldn't have let him get away again. Yeah, you yeah. know, I, I mean, it's so much of this is is so tragic. It's it's as he was asking these questions um, about loving someone that isn't really there before ten years before Westworld, yeah. which asked the same questions. You know, yeah. I mean, I've often said that Westworld is just BSG with a cowboy, well, Battlestar Galactica with a cowboy skin. But the more I watch Dollhouse, the more I realize just how much they've taken from this show. I mean, I I, I think you're right. I think um, BSG has has huge influence on Westworld. But the early, um, the first season, especially when we don't know who Billy becomes, um, and <sighs> and his his obsession with Dolores, um, it, it, it's it, it's like the bookend to how the how the dollhouse is starting with these people that in Adele's relationship with Roger that how can you love someone that you created and really at the end of the day doesn't exist he learned that the hard way um so we have the interrogation with Topher I wanted to touch on Topher's arrogance and we hit on it a little bit with Ivy but I, I think mm. that we really saw the smug nerd hat guy come out the IT guy the one we all know that comes in and when you're having problems with your computer and goes, did you try turning it on and turning it off? You know what I mean? <laughs> 100% chance Topher has used that line. Right, right. I'm surprised they did it with the dolls. You know what I mean? Like, have you tried turning it on and turning it off? Um, but we also see how much in love with his job he is for the access that he has and the free reign that he has and mm. um, how proud of himself he is, right? Like, he really likes himself. He thinks he's the smartest person in the room. He's sure of it, right? And I kind of get, I kind of get that because I'm a smart person. I get that smart person arrogance, but the <laughs> he takes it so, way too far. He takes it to the point where it's it's you know openly hostile and rude. You know what I mean? And dismissive. But you have to wonder how much of that arrogance is based in truth how much of the, how much of his like i'm smarter than everyone in the room is because he is actually smarter than everyone else in the room oh for sure and how much of his kind of um not dis the dismissal is is bad he needs to stop that but how much of his kind of you know i'm the king of the nerds thing is oh. because he's rubbish at literally everything else right. but this one thing he is probably the best in the world at well, and he was probably surrounded by guys that were the same way, you know, one-upping each other and I'm smarter than you yeah. are. So when you get in a room with people that, except for Ivy, you know, who, who says that she could take apart that the whole lab and put it back together and he would never know it. Like she says, she, she's in her way letting him know I am as smart as he is, but he mm. won't let me grow. He's too invested in his own intellect. He's mm. genius. 
um, to let to make me a partner, to make me equal or an actual helper. I'm the coffee girl, right? I have to wonder about that, though. Do you think he just doesn't kind of acknowledge her intellect, or do you think he's afraid that if they, if the dollhouse and Adele realize that Liza is just as good as him, but nowhere near as annoying, he would just end up in the attic? I, I think it's... How much of his dismissal is just him being an arrogant douche? And how much of it is him trying to protect I, his job? I think it's almost 100% arrogant douche. I think, um, I, think <laughs> I think he thinks he's irreplaceable. And I think he thinks that mm. she will screw something up because he hasn't given her a chance. And if you don't give someone a chance, you don't know what mm. they're capable of. Indeed. So, and, and if you'll notice, whenever she's in the show and something goes wrong, it's he looks at her first like, like, what did you do? Like, what have you been messing in? This is not my fault. This is your fault. Even when it is his fault. So finally, we have we have the part where it's revealed that uh, it's Ivy that's the, the spy. And, you know, that they start prepping, getting, you know, getting her corralled and prepping her for the attic. And then the tables turn. Oh, and it, yes. it was all, a, it was Brilliant all scene. a game. And it's actually uh, Lawrence Dominic that is the NSA agent. Um, was anyone actually surprised by that reveal? I, I, I knew it was coming. And I didn't know the first time. Um, I thought it was going to be Boyd. I actually did think it was Boyd. Uh, oh. Just because of, you know, how, you know, he, he has that line that we'll talk about later um, in quotes. But, it, you know, he's very, he's always been ambivalent about the dollhouse. He always has moral quandaries, you know, about what they do and and how they do it. So, you know, I can be a little naive. Like, well, of course it's him. <laughs> Look at how he's acting, you know? <laughs> um, so Dominic seemed to so clearly relish his domineering security job. And maybe it was just overcompensation that I never suspected him when I first watched it. So when it happened, I was like, holy crap. I like from the moment in um, the one where, where he tries to kill her in the burning building. Yeah. At the cult, right? Was that the one? What was the episode called? Yeah. It should have been called Blind Faith. That's a great name. <laughs> and a tip to the hat to Eliza. <laughs> exactly. But no, in, in like from the moment he sort of left her to die in a burning building in that episode, I've really had my eye on him. So yeah, like the uh, although yeah, he, he does seem to really relish his job, but like he's such a job's worth. I could see like he you could do that job anywhere, but. In this, he seems so disdainful of the dolls and of everyone oh, at that company, almost to the point of abuse, like verbally abusive to them because yeah. he he just they're beneath contempt. But then you look at what's going on, and he's he's of course just playing a role. And and I should have picked on it uh, up on it earlier that his absolute you know hard on for to get Echo out of the system, you know he was because you know yeah. she found him out. He's obsessed with her. She did. That, that, was, that was a brilliant scene. Because you unholstered your gun 20 seconds ago or yes. unstrapped. And it was like, so well, it's on, that's on like Simon Le Bon, man. <laughs> <laughs> I met him once. Yeah, sorry. Like, he, you know, he draws the gun and they, they throw down. And it, it's, it's a pretty solid fight. Like, that, I, I, I did enjoy say, that, that fight. That was a great fight scene. That is an awesome yeah. fight scene. Like, and I can tell Eliza did a lot of the body work. Because yeah. you, you can, you don't see the kind of, of in Buffy. You, I can tell when Sarah Michelle said no more, right? To the yeah. point that they yeah. even recorded her grunting, right? And you can hear it again and again in the final seasons, right? The exact same grunts and oohs and ahs. 
But like, I guess Eliza likes to tumble because she was, you could tell she was doing, you know, not the super complicated stuff, but she was in it. Yeah. I mean, it seemed like quite a lot of that was just the two of them really throwing down. The only, like, obviously, uh, the, the, the massive, totally over the top, completely impossible spin kick that, uh, Dominic did that was that was clearly not him the guy was like right, about right. about 50 pounds smaller <laughs> right right but um other than that was the only part I, I saw that was like that's clearly not but the rest of it looked like it was them yeah, yeah I, was, I was quite impressed by how much they threw down in that yeah i was i was waiting for him to, for her to just chuck him out the window oh that would have been so good <laughs> but then we wouldn't have had we wouldn't have been able to see him get atticked yeah, so which is something that's been yeah. spoken about quite a lot, but not right. So we never see it in action. Shown. But before we get to that, Adele comes back. Like I don't know how she oh, knew to yes. come back. I don't think her whole weekend was over yet. I think she broke it off early. Uh, that was the yeah. that was my sense anyway. Uh, and she came back, and after you were done seeing her be vulnerable, she she turns into you know the Iron Lady again, and yeah, it, it's even more than I'm used to seeing her, like her telling Dominic that, you know, he was at her side for three years and all this kind of stuff. And, you know, you would think you would know who I am. Do you think I'm going to show you mercy? Her eyebrows are brutal in that. (laughs) And then when she, you know, she passes the final judgment on him and walks out, you know, again with her Louboutins, click, 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 click. I was just like, oh, (laughs) Like, usually she's kind of quite reserved and steely, but that was just ice cold. Right. That was, like, next level. That was so very, so, so very British infuriated mode, right? Like- yeah. <laughs> when you're so angry, you can't even be angry. You're just like, nope, I am done with this. You are dead to me. Bye. Just, 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 again, like, much like the scene with Paul and, and uh melly this this scene you just you know i was i was there for it right i was like i oh, could yeah. watch these two go back and forth all day right yeah like the chemistry between adele and dominic is fact like just spot on they like there's, there's never a bad scene with those two talking to each other and the, and they're the two strongest i mean except for harry uh harry um Lennox. Lennox. They're the two strongest actors on the show, clearly. Clearly. Oh, yeah. You know, and Reed Diamond's done Shakespeare, you know, did the Shakespeare movie with Joss. And, you know, Olivia Williams is just Olivia Williams. Like, I'm surprised (laughs) more people don't know who she is because I've seen her in every British costume drama ever. Right? And she's just a monster. Like, you know, I am sure when they cut from that scene, people are just like, yeah! Like, on the crew. (laughs) I know exactly. I know exactly what happened. They were filming that scene, and they're like, "Okay, great," and cut, and then there was just nothing right. for about two seconds. Right. And then one person was like, "Dude," <laughs> and then everyone exploded. Right, right. <sighs> so uh, yeah, so Adele addicts Dominic, and we get the whole scene that loops back to the front because the the beginning it was it we went right into the show with somebody being addict. We didn't know who it was, and then there was a shot. And blood splattered against the window that was from the perspective of Echo and Sierra on the floor of the dollhouse. So we're, we now are back into that. 
again, we've jumped back in the timeline and it's Dominic being addict. And, you know, I would, I would think they would have a better place to addict somebody, but I guess it all goes on in the lab. So they get him in the chair. Um, he, somehow no one figured out he had another firearm on him. (laughs) Did he not take that from one of the handlers? Did he? I didn't notice. Yeah, it was, I, thought it was gra- so frenetic. I thought he grabbed it from one oh, of the I didn't see that. Okay, so that's what happened. Uh, shoots Adele. Uh, Adele, <laughs> you know, Doesn't ice cold, care. standing there, bleeding, like, do it. And they and they flip the switch, and Mr. Dominic is gone. He is out. Channels are in a Palpatine. Yep. Just, just cold. Cold, cold, cold. And then that scene afterwards where she's talking with Topher, mm-hmm. and he, he's like, we haven't, he's like, you're still bleeding. Why are you talking to <laughs> Blood, me? Quagging. Go see Saunders. <laughs> so good. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, and then they discussed Echo and how that um, this evolution that Echo seems to keep having, how the um, the needs strategy that Doctor Saunders employed hasn't seemed to work with her. Um. And that she's still looking to save people or to help people and stuff like that. And so then this is where it goes a little off the rails for me. They're like, well, maybe we can use that to the, your advantage. And I'm like, no, that is a huge mistake. Do not do that. Yeah. Like you, this is a scenario you don't understand. You can't control it. Right. Like I, that's not the, that's not the way I would have gone with that. If I was Adele, I would have been like, we got to figure out how to wipe her good yeah. like so that we don't still have this. agree yeah they are just they are asking for trouble they know that if you if they get a composite event it can go horrifically wrong it can go alpha wrong and they're looking at echo and they're seeing her starting to like recall things and starting to act in a decidedly undull way when she's meant to be a doll i mean dominic said it exhibiting <laughs> same alpha behaviors like like, you know. I don't understand why they don't just, like, maybe not attic her, but, like, completely strip out all the firmware and rebuild her right up from nothing, because... And maybe they've tried it and it didn't work, but I feel like, I feel like, you know, it, it, the worst case scenario, put her personality at back and let her walk, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Although I suppose they, you know, they, they didn't want, they don't want Carolyn back, so... Yeah, yeah. So... They have that conversation and then the last, well, not the last thing. It's not the last scene, but the last thing Adele says to Topher is to, uh, that Miss Lonely Hearts doesn't want Roger anymore. And that, that, that personality is to be shelved because the, the, the client, uh, felt that the, the meetings were, um, unwise. So I did notice the, uh, I think it's in this, it's actually in this, in the scene after that, when she's talking to Saunders, when she says the line about kind of it not being required anymore and she looks out and she's staring right at Victor as she says it. So. Uh-huh. Uh, there's yeah, clearly was, still some so, underlying issues Yeah, there. so that last scene, that last scene, the eye lines are super interesting because, of course, they're yeah. imprinting um, Echo with her new handler because Boyd's been promoted oh, to yes. head of security because, you know, Dominic's addict and he doesn't want it. And she's like, too bad. It's yours, <laughs> you know. So when when the new um, the new handler is uh, is reading the lines to her and she's supposed to look him in the eye, she's looking dead at Boyd. I've got to say, I thought that was a really sweet scene. Like, like 
they're not quite OTP status, but I love the relationship between Echo and Boyd. I do too. I like, do too. I think Harry Lennox is amazing, and I think that relationship yeah. was fleshed out really well. I, 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 I'm not with you on Sweet. I think it's, it's a little. I mean, I get the loyalty that she has for him, and she's holding on, but it's it's another sign that Echo is problematic because she's not taking her programming. She's not True. bonding with her handler. I mean, you know, poor guy. Who I believe never comes back to the show. Yeah. Is he even seen again? That, that's I believe that's Nickadin that we talked about in the guest yeah. That's the, yeah, I don't remember seeing him again. Now I could be wrong, but but uh but yeah, she's she you know, sometimes I'm like, these dolls are obviously malfunctioning, you know, yeah. all over the place. And everybody's like, Are you done with your artwork, Echo? You can leave. Like <laughs> There's, there's some, there's some, like you said, there's some red flags that, you know, it just don't, they sh- should probably be followed up on. But yeah, that was a good discussion. It was, it's a good episode. But I believe we are now moving on to favorite quotes. There are, I, I believe I have a couple. Do you, um, do you want to start us off while I find my list of quotes? <laughs> while you find your quotes. <laughs> okay, so, so when they're, when they're doing the, um, when they're doing the interrogations, Echo is talking to, uh, to Boyd, who is her handler, um, and he knows it, but she doesn't because she's got an, an imprint. And um, he, he, something about uh, something about um, what they do at the dollhouse, and he's like, "We're pimps and killers, but in a philanthropic way." Can I go now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Um, <sighs> and I think the other one. When Dominic's in the back of the van, and we really didn't touch on that, but they were taking him to be addict, and he's sitting in the van, just grinning like a Cheshire cat, backed up against the doors, and Echo is still imprinted, and um, she's sitting in there talking to him, and she doesn't understand why he's smiling. He doesn't, you know, don't you know what's going to happen to you? And uh, he's, you know, he goes on to say, well, you know, you're going to take this whole place down, and they don't even know it yet. And, and he says, sooner or later, everyone gets theirs. And, I, yes. and, you know, people say that a lot and stuff, but I thought it was really um, effective in this, mm. this use. I, I, I meant to add that one to the list, but I forgot. So I'm, I'm very glad that you, uh, you put that one forward because that was a brilliant line. That was basically kind of Dominic's last line. And what a way to go out. Like, yeah, I may be in the attic now, but I'm pretty sure you're going to lose in the long run. Right. Like, Sooner or later, they'll realize I'm right. Uh, I went for a slightly funnier lines, but good, still very cool. <laughs> uh, from right in the from right at the start, when uh, they take Mister Lonely Hearts is going out and she's coming in as the dominatrix and she's talking to Ramirez and uh, Roger is like, "Oh, don't she got a secret stack of bodice rippers in the van?" And he's like, "No, I don't," because oh, she wants to be kidnapped by a pirate and Echo just chips in. <laughs> I know a guy. Like I can, we can, we can make that happen. <laughs> so funny. Like, just, like if if you told me that that was an ad lib, I would one hundred percent believe it. The way she just like chips it in there, like yeah. it's just so brilliantly delivered. It's such a good line. So funny. And then yeah, then uh, when Ivy is practicing the post wipe script. And he said, no, it has to be less. And then Dominic just butting goes, Echo, out. And it has to be less that. <laughs> such a good line. Just shows, kind of shows Dominic's disdain and Topher's hilarity. When he 
he goes to get Sierra and just yanks her by her arms. Like, come on. Like, I'm just like, God, what a prick. Yeah. All the handlers are like, it's, it's all very much kind of like new age rehab center. It's all very calm, soothing tones. And Dominic's like, Dominic's like, Sierra, get up and get out of there. It's like, fuck you know, calm down. Right, don't manhandle the dolls. And then my absolute favorite line of the series, of the episode, just so good. Uh, we, we've kind of touched on it, but we haven't said the actual line. When uh, he's digging around and he's trying to kind of work out, and Echo walks in and he's like, I can help you. Goes, Why would you want to? Goes, Why wouldn't I? And Tova just pauses for a second. Goes, Did I just lose an argument with a doll? <laughs> so good. It's like, you know, he, he is off. He's, he's got, he's kind of in that area where he, he is clearly incredibly intelligent but he does miss like you know he, he he's not all knowing he messes up quite a bit and it's like did i just lose to a doll like why can't i answer <laughs> this argument like i have yeah. an answer for everything so final thoughts on on this episode for me are that um it was really strong episode the strongest part of it for me was the was like i keep saying the the interaction between you know two characters and kind of these subtext philosophical um, arguments, um, and I want to say ironic, but then I think back to to um, <laughs> the bed scene. Roger saying, "Well, that's not r- r- ironic. Everybody messes that up." Um, <laughs> but, there but the is, funniest part of that scene is that it actually is an ironic situation, but he just doesn't realize it because he doesn't know he's a doll. Which makes it even more ironic. That whole scene so is so meta and inception yeah. and irony for the sake of irony. It's it's just, it's on like three levels going up and down constantly. Um, so I feel like uh, Andrew Chambliss is one of my favorite writers and, and he's worked with Joss a lot. And I think that this the script on this just hits. It's just great. Um, there are, Because Dollhouse is so far-fetched, yes, there are some ridiculous moments. But I think it falls back in line as being as not as strong as man on the street, but damn close because just of what they're letting, you know, you, the, the attic is real now The the, you know, November has, you know, shown Paul that the mole is real, that they're not just jacking with them. Um, you know, um, and that the, the, there are people trying to get into the dollhouse, um, in the government. Right. And, and, I'm not even sure I understood why Dominic said that they were going to collapse upon themselves. So was the NSA in there to help them or hurt them? That I mean, that was a huge question for me coming out of it. Um, but by the time it was over, um, I was like, oh, I'm ready to watch the next one. Because that was good. Like, sometimes you yeah. get done with them, and especially the early ones, and you're like, I don't, I don't know about this show. It's, it's... It's not firing on all the pistons, but this one, this one for the most part was super solid. Yep, I totally agree. Uh, very. I, I don't. I don't know why I said it in the sort of initial thoughts. I just kind of blanked this episode from my memory, and I think it's because there's so many great moments. I, I kind of my brain was like, "You know what? I'm gonna give you a little treat. I'm gonna just take the important out so you can experience them a second time." Because there's so there's so many brilliant moments in this. Scene. There's so many. Like great scenes, so many great lines. It's just it's a very very strong episode that you wouldn't like reading the synopsis. You wouldn't think it's going to be as good as it is, but like this show is incredibly layered, and this has to be one of the most layered episodes they deliver. Like, it's like I'd say, kind of almost this 
it's like highlights just what's so great about the show because like it just it illustrates kind of how meta the show is how great the writing is how great the characters are it has everything you could want from an episode even as a decent fight scene like what more could you ask for yeah yeah and i mean i feel like um when this show is at its best it's when it's examining itself when it is not trying to go off and be episode of the week and you know true you know solve this problem within 42 minutes Uh, and that was the problem with the first five six episodes was that and I'm sure this is from network tinkering. I'm sure of it. 100%. Because it's the same thing they did to Firefly. Um, yep. That they wanted to make it episodic and, you know, crime of the week and, you know, uh, make Eliza's storyline more accessible. Which, if you want that, make a CSI show. Don't give a show to Joss. That's yeah. not what he does. Right? And, and, exactly. And if you tell him to try and do something else, he's not good at it. True believer. That's what the episode's called in the cult. Yes. Blind faith yes. is better, you're right. It is, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, 100% agree. Like, people accuse Joss of always kind of doing the same thing. And that's because he's really freaking good at it. He delivers great shows. Yeah. I don't understand why Fox kept messing with him. Like, one of the reasons why the first five-ish episodes are so weak is because, like... I'm obviously rewatching them now and really analyzing analyzing them for the show. Like, there's some good breadcrumbs there, but it's too episodic. They should have let him just build the story the way he wanted to from day one. And actually, I think um, when we come to season two, I I do really believe that the diminished budget actually really helped the show. Absolutely, I'll, I'll talk about it more when when we actually get right. to season two. Yeah, them being anchored at that big expensive set and having to use it so much was problematic. Um, I think, I think Eliza especially was anchored into roles in the first five or six episodes that were not good for her, you know, uh, just, just not comfortable in her skin. And she came out a little wooden. And I think that did nothing to, to help power the show forward. And by, and by the time the show got good, um, the ratings were super questionable. Now, the interesting thing is, if this was now, these ratings would be great. These would be these would be acceptable yeah. ratings. But back then, yeah. no. All right. Well, you know, uh, as always, um, thanks to our Patreon friends. Um, the next show is uh, entitled "Haunted." When Adele's wealthy friend is murdered, Adele and Prince Echo with the woman's memories and personality to solve the case. Ballard looks into Melly's past. And Topher secretly programs Sierra for an engagement. So until then, stay active.